0: to the Breakwater Podcast. Today we have Ashley on our podcast. She is a mom, a friend, a supporter of the recovery community, and someone who has lost someone to substance use. Ashley is compelled to tell her story in hopes that someone can relate and know that they are not alone, as well as share her perspective in hopes that others will challenge themselves to open their hearts and minds in how they view substance use. Ashley is up next. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Before we begin, I would just like to say thank you for coming on and sharing your story and experience. It takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to share your own story. So, thank you for being here. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to come on the podcast today?
1: Sure. So, as you said, I'm a mom. I'm a mom of a a wonderful young man. Um, I'm also a member of the community, um, and I'm also someone who um, has walked with someone on their journey through recovery and unfortunately I'm also someone who's lost the love of my life to this disease as well as a family member and um, you know I wanted to come on here to be able to share my perspective from my experience and I know that it's only one one perspective, um, you know, I'm just a small fish in a big pond who, through the pain, continues to swim in hopes that I can make a difference and um, open the minds of others to what they can do and, and how we view this and, and hopefully help others and, and make a difference. Thank you.
0: Just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we both attended and volunteered at We Heart You Recovery in Our Community. The goal was to bridge the gap between the broader community and the recovery community and really humanize recovery and lift them up. There is a lot of stigma associated with substance use. Things like the recovery community is dark and depressive, or that a person is addicted to substances can just choose to stop. I wanted to talk about how addiction is a disease, and your point of view from a family member seeing someone you love with a substance use disorder.
1: Yeah, so I think that this is one of the biggest misunderstandings is that this is a disease. And I I understand that that concept for people can be hard to grasp, especially when it hasn't affected your life directly. Um, I think that that is hard for people to understand that this is a disease, but it is, and it should be treated just as any other disease, and it should be supported just as any other disease. Um, I don't think anyone grows up, hoping that they struggle with substance abuse, or that's not a goal of theirs in life. And it happens. And it happens, unfortunately, to a lot of people. And it's something that they have to deal with. And it's a debilitating disease. As somebody who's watched somebody walk through that, and and others go through that, it is, it is a debilitating, heartbreaking disease that, unfortunately, doesn't get a lot of support. Um, there are stigmas out there. There are points of views that, you know, people have the choice to just stop whenever they want. Um, And I will say from, from my perspective, until it affects you, unfortunately, that is the point of view for a lot of people. And that's what I'm hoping to try to encourage other people to go and educate yourself to try to understand that this is a disease the more you educate yourself about this disease, the more you learn. It's very complex. Every time I learn something, I learn something new. Um, The education for me just continues to build and build and build, and and you realize how complex this is and how hard this is for those that struggle to navigate um, and sustain. Um, But that stigma out there, it isolates people in their journey because there is these perceptions out there that why are you choosing to do this? Why do you choose to continue to do this? Why do you choose to continue to hurt people and put substance use above everything else in your life? And I think that's where people feel isolated. They feel like they can't open up, share their story, get the help that they need, ask for the help that they need, um, and they and they feel isolated. And unfortunately, that only perpetuates the problem. Um, for someone who doesn't struggle with substance abuse like myself, but walked hand-in-hand in, hand in a journey with somebody that did, I felt isolated. I felt like I couldn't open up and talk to people about it because you just don't know what people are going to say. You don't know how they're going to judge you or your loved one. Um, and you don't want to feel shut down in that effort to try to get them help. Um, it's hard enough to watch, but then when you feel like you might be shut down in trying to reach out for help, it, it's, it's extra heartbreaking. Um, there's also, until you understand that this is a disease, you feel like nobody else understands. Um, and you feel like in those moments that you're trying to get help or you're trying to open up to people that they're not going to see the person. They're going to see the behaviors that are going on. They don't see the person behind, you know, the addiction. Um, So it is isolating, and I, you know, The We Heart You event was so amazing to see so many people from different walks of life come together to show that we support you, we love you, we're here for you, Um, and we need more of that. We had an amazing turnout, but we need more of that. We need more people showing up to say, I don't know, but I want to learn. Share with me. Um, This hasn't affected me, but I'm here to be part of the solution, We need more people like that. I think we heard some feedback from individuals who are in recovery that they felt part of something that they didn't feel a part of before. How amazing is that? And we need more of that. Um, The recovery community is full of individuals who are so inspiring, so strong, and we need to let them in to be part of our community in all aspects and show them that doesn't matter what they're struggling with we're here to support you just as we support everybody else in the community
0: yeah um you know raising up people and and being able to lift them up and and share their story right giving them a space and I think back to the We Heart You event and and how raw and open it was and you know, from your own struggles of feeling isolated. I think just being able to hear your story and for anybody, you know, struggling out there, to have somebody, right, to listen and to let them speak and share their story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's also no secret substance use is a cultural norm here in Wisconsin, especially around drinking alcohol. Could you talk about your own perspective you've noticed around the cultural norm of drinking and how that's changed for you? Yeah, my perspective
1: on this has changed uh, quite a bit um, in the last several years. So I used to drink. I used to drink a lot. Um, luckily, <clears throat> I've always had the choice and the ability to stop whenever I wanted to stop. Um, I have the choice not to drink, and I, I haven't drank for several years now for for many reasons. Um, but it's interesting now when I I don't drink just how much you see it's in your face. I would say, especially here in the Midwest, um, it's just, uh, you know, there's just this perception out there that everyone drinks, you know, and when you don't drink and you're not part of that conversation, some of those events, um, but you're still, in the mix of all of it. You're surrounded by people who have this perception that just everyone drinks and it's just this common thing that everyone does. And, you know, I will say that when you go to restaurants, the first thing they tell you is their drink specials. Um, We have, you know, this beverage on tap on special. We have this special. Very rarely do you hear sodas free tonight. Um every event that you go to is there's alcohol there you know most events there's alcohol there it's it's socially talked about and just assumed that everyone drinks and it's you know my awareness of it is very heightened i think now because i don't drink but you i realize like how much it's just commonly talked about in the workplace you know in just in settings with people you know People are just assuming that you drink, so they say, you know, oh, you've had a rough day. Well, go home and have a drink. You know, people are just promoting that go use this substance as a stress reliever. Mm -hmm. Or it's, hey, we're headed to happy hour after work. Are you coming? Well, no, I don't drink. Why don't you drink? It's what I've noticed is that it's like the one substance we have to explain why we don't use if someone if I said to someone, "I don't use cocaine," I guarantee you that their response isn't going to be, "Well, why not?" so and it does get frustrating when you have to continuously explain why you don't drink. Um, there was also um recently, again, my awareness of this is heightened, right? because I don't drink, but Recently, I was, I was driving in the car and there is a local radio station and, you know, I was listening to it. And, and over several days, I just noticed how much they were talking about drinking. Um, you know, call in with your most embarrassing drunk story and they're laughing and it's humorized and it's glamorized. And um, after a couple of days, you know, my 13-year-old son's sitting in the backseat. So what message are we sending to the youth Oh, if I add a little bit of alcohol to my my social life with my friends, gosh, they can call on the radio station and tell a story about me and everyone can laugh and 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 there can be this funny story out there about me because I was so drunk and I did this. Um and I, it took me a while to think about that, but that is that the message that we're sending by continuously talking about this, you know, on on public settings and Um, It's 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 almost glamorized. You know, there's so many stories. I was so drunk this one time. And, you know, it's this it's this funny story that maybe wouldn't have been told without that contribution of alcohol Mm -hmm. to it. You know, there's also like these these lists of the top 10 drunkest cities in, in Wisconsin. Like, why? Why? Why are we publishing that? Like, what are we trying to say with that message? You know, it's just something to think about, and I guess what I'm trying to get to here is just don't assume that everybody drinks, and when you don't drink, and and I can say this because I, I feel this, you you feel in this awkward position when you have to explain why you don't drink, because especially here where it's it's so much in your face and it's just assumed everyone drinks it puts you in an uncomfortable position almost because again going back to that isolation you feel like you're not part of something that everybody is part of so again for me who who you know I didn't I didn't have a problem with it it I did have the choice to not drink but looking at somebody who has you know struggled with it and who has been in recovery for something like that and who work so hard every day to battle that, when that's so much in your face, that's di- that's got to be difficult for people. Um, and just knowing that there's those people out there who want to be part of, society and the community that don't want that in their face because that's not helping them on their journey so just being mindful of that um when you're talking you know and and when someone says that they don't drink just accept it can I get you soda can I get you a water don't ask why mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> don't ask questions mm-hmm. and I keep going back to the we heart you event it was a sober event and I guarantee you nobody in that room was thinking, where's the drink, you know, at this event. We had so much fun not having drinks around. Mm-hmm. And I just, I hope in the future, right, we can have more sober events. We can continue to build a community where alcohol isn't a main priority.
1: Yeah, and and then what I would say to people is, you know, <clears throat> just come even even if you even if you do drink come and after that event really reflect back and and, and hopefully I, c- I hope people can say wow that was really fun and there was no alcohol there mm-hmm. i can i can enjoy an event without mm-hmm. alcohol
0: it reminds me we were just you know at a herd game and and breakwater <laughs> was fortunate enough to have a nonprofit table And we came with, you know, substance use treatment guides and we came with fridge locks and we're, you know, telling the community about our youth prevention work. But we were right next to two um, beer tents, two beer, you know, stations. And I remember seeing people and that maybe they wanted to come and get a treatment guide and maybe they wanted to come up and talk to us, but they had substances in their hand. And... You know, I think this is a, is a moment to reflect, right, that we're not saying that you can't use substances. We're saying, you know, to be mindful of those who choose not to to think of, you know, your 13-year-old son, like you said, Ashley, and and be mindful of the youth. And something really interesting that happened was we left to go watch the game for a little bit. And so we left our stand, but we left all of the items out on the table. And when we came back to pack up, All of the fridge locks were gone. We had, you know, a few amount of of the substance use treatment guides there. And and it's so hard to talk about it. But I think we're starting a wave, right? A wave of change where we can bring this out into the open to events and places that people come and start trying to break down that stigma Mm -hmm. of not talking about substance use. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: How have you started creating cultural change in your workplace and in your personal life because of your experience?
1: Yeah, so as far as work, so I have spent the last 10 years or so in of my career in human resources. Um, in that role, in the roles that I've held in human resources, we wear a lot of hats um, as HR. Um, you know, we're... We're the people that, you know, kind of are, I guess, expected to have the resources, have the guidance, have the advice, um, have that confidential, safe space for people. So um, what I have found is that you really are that first point of contact for employees to come to with whatever it is. Um, What I have done, and I guess through my experience, it's probably elevated that a little bit, is to make sure that. I talk about, you know, mental health and substance use disorders and making sure that um, employees know that I have resources available for them as well as I'm a safe space for you to come and open up to and talk to about this and I'm going to listen Um, and I make sure that it. I'm trying to make sure that it is visually present as well um, because not everybody is comfortable walking into someone's office and saying, I need help. So if I can put visuals in places where they can see it on their own, they can read it on their own, they can take the information off of it on their own, great. Making sure it's out there for people. Um, but again, it's it's also trying to encourage whatever organization that I'm working for how important this is. Um, people's lives don't shut off when they walk into the door of work. You know, 8 to 5, our lives and everything that's happening inside of our lives, it doesn't just shut off because you're at work. But yet, when you're at work, you're expected to do a job, you're expected to perform. But when you're dealing with very heavy things that you're going through in your life or... Um, trying to help someone or just, you know, everything, everyone goes through something, right? Everyone's going through something. It doesn't shut off when you come to work. And the other thing is that there's people out there that don't have a lot of support from family and friends and their workplace may be the only opportunity for them to get a resource to ask for help. And, I guess as as an HR professional, I want to make sure that our employees are, are, you know, safe and healthy and, you know, their well-being um, is being taken care of. And if we can provide those resources for them, you know, that's our responsibility to do so. Um, You know, also, not that I've been in positions to make these decisions, but I, you know, I have – at times talked about employee drug and alcohol policies. And, you know, I guess I pose the question of, are these policies created in a way that promotes people who may be struggling to get help, or are they constructed in a way of fear-based where people don't feel like they can come forward if they're struggling with something in fear of losing their job or in fear of the judgment or um, anything like that. So I understand that there's some industries out there where, you know, safety-sensitive positions where you you have to have policies that are um, within certain guidelines, but, you know, I guess I would just encourage other companies to look at those policies and, you know, what what are you... What are you promoting and what are you doing to help your employees um, with with those parameters that you're able to work in? But, you know, using the platform I have in my career to be able to help people and give them those resources um, is something that I am forever going to continue to do.
0: I just want to say how much I appreciate you because you're an advocator, right? So maybe you can't change policy Tomorrow, I mean, that would be the end goal, right? And a big wish is that, you know, maybe we have a a federal policy where, you know, instead of punishing people who, you know, come in saying that I have, you know, I'm struggling with substance use, we can actually get them into treatment and get them help that they need. But you're taking what you can control, and that's, you know, being able to put out signs, being able to say, like, i'm here um as a listener and that is so important um to just be able to be there and and open up space and to listen so i thank you for creating that wave of change and for advocating in your professional role
1: yeah like uh, like i said i'm i'm trying small fish in a big pond but i'm doing what i can with with what i have and um you know the other thing too is um with everything that I've personally gone through, um, I did take some time off of work. And, and when I came back, I made sure to get in front of everybody and say, yes, I've been through a lot and I, and I have my own struggles, but I'm still here for you. That was really important to me coming back for work to make that known that just because I just went through the worst time of my life doesn't mean that I'm not still here for you because... I do know that people rely on me for that, that position, that space, that, that shoulder, whatever, that resource. And so I made sure that I, it was known to people that it doesn't matter what I'm going through. I'm still here for you. I I can separate it, you know? Um, and I do that every single day. And, you know, it's interesting because recently I had an employee who, who went through some, um, some things and, um, you know, talking to this employee, you know, they're like, well, I wasn't sure if I could come to you because I know that you've been through a lot. And I was like, nope, sit down, absolutely, I'm here for you. It doesn't matter, you know. um, I'm here for all of you despite anything that I'm going through. And um, unfortunately, some of the things that I have been through um, has provided me the ability to learn about more resources for people. So, um, however you want to look at that.
0: Yeah, taking your experience and, and just <coughs> being able to do such great things. And I think, you know, sometimes you could you could have went either way. But it's just very powerful to, you know, take the experience that you had and make sure that other people, whether that's professionally or in your personal life, you know, have support um, and you can break down that stigma mm-hmm, absolutely. Ashley, I want to leave the listeners with one last message from you. What do you wish someone who hasn't lost a loved one or gone through navigating substance use would understand?
1: Losing someone to this disease is is very difficult. Losing somebody is is. You know, I think for any of us, it's the worst thing that you can go through in your life. Um, But losing someone to this disease is, in my opinion, um, it's very difficult because this is such a progressive disease. Um, And unfortunately, A lot of people who lose their lives to this are young. Their lives are cut short. Um, They don't get to do all those milestone things in life that they want to do and that we would hope that everybody gets to do. Um, We all see the numbers. They're unfortunately on the rise of how many people are losing their lives to this disease. Um, and I want people to, when they see those numbers, know that behind every single one of those numbers is a person. That's someone's child, that's someone's husband, someone's wife, someone's grandchild. Amazing people with amazing potential. That they never got to see their lives through. And their loved ones are left here with more questions than answers. And it's a secondary grief, right? Because these people, these individuals who lose their lives to this are so young with an entire life ahead of them. For me, I had an entire future planned that was just gone one day. And there's nothing I can do to get that back. There's nothing I can do to bring that amazing person back with so much potential and so much to give and what's hard for us that lose people to this addiction or to this disease is that stigma is still there and imagine losing somebody you love and you don't feel like you can talk about it you don't feel like you can talk about their journey, their life, their struggles, because you're afraid that all anyone's going to remember your loved one by is their disease and what they struggled with, and that they may judge you, and they may judge choices that you made in your life or they made in theirs. And so this grief community is also isolated because there's so much stigma. And I can only speak from my experience and there's people I know that have lost loved ones to this disease that make up stories about how and why they died. Because they don't want to say that their loved one died of addiction, of an overdose. So they say they died of a heart attack. Again, imagine losing someone you love and having to lie about why they died and not being able to talk about them the best thing that society can let us do is talk about them let us talk about them let us talk about their their journey and how amazing their life was, and how amazing they were as people because their struggle with this disease is such a small part of them. And there's no better way to let us honor them to let us talk about them without judgment. And I guess... What I want to just end with is just, I guess, a call to action, right? Is just find somebody who has either lost someone to this disease, someone who is struggling with substance use disorder, somebody who's in recovery, and listen to their story. And just really listen. Open up your heart, open up your mind, and listen to their story. Because I guarantee you, number one, it's going to break your heart. It's going to inspire you. And I hope it opens up your mind to bringing yourself to be supportive and to be part of breaking down that stigma and Seeing the recovery community in a whole different light. They are, the individuals in recovery are some of the most amazing, courageous people I've ever met in my life. Imagine walking into a treatment center, a 12-step meeting, walking up to a sponsor and saying, I don't know what to do anymore, I need help. That takes a lot of courage in the battle that they're fighting. And the last message that I want to say to people is have the courage to put yourself on the path of being part of the solution regardless of how substance use disorder has affected your life or not. Get educated. Find a way to educate yourself Whether that's researching this disease on your own, talking to somebody else, and understanding how you can be a part of the solution, how you can support, how you can help break down the stigma. I promise you, you will and you can make a difference.
0: Thank you so much, Ashley, for opening up your heart and and being so vulnerable with us today. And really... Um, For for any listeners out there, remembering that you or your loved ones or your neighbors, you are not defined by your struggles. If this podcast has brought up any sort of feelings in any way um, and you want to talk more, we're going to have resources uh, linked in the show notes, um, you know, for any, anyone who wants um, resources for substance use. Um, but please reach out to us at breakwaterwi.org. Thank you again, Ashley, for
1: being here. Thank you so much for having me.